Matthew 21, 21, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. Jesus is saying here, have faith and do not doubt. You know, two out of every three Christians admit experiencing a season of spiritual doubt. It's real. It's one thing that we are supposed to have this faith and trust God, but we are also human and doubt is something that we're going to have to deal with and wrestle with. Uh, Every day it will try to come and attack us with who we are, who we're supposed to be, our identity, and what God has called us to do. Doubt is something that can have so much power over our life if we don't keep it in check. You know, there is a sort of healthy doubt and maybe... For example, someone invites you to go out, maybe at some party or some some something where you just doubt that it's going to end up going good if you put yourself there. And that's just a healthy judgment. But doubt is something that can consume us and it can control us and it can rob us of so much that God wants for our lives. As long as we're human, we are going to have to battle doubt. We're going to have to take those thoughts captive and replace it with God's promises and God's truths. I want to talk about someone who we would not uh, associate with the term doubt. We would we would talk about this guy as uh, bold, very bold. And if you were to average uh, the 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 if you were to poll the average person in Elijah's day, we're going to talk about Elijah. They would probably all say he was a bold man. You know, if you go, we're gonna we're gonna be in First uh, Kings chapter. 19. Uh, but just let me give you a little backstory here. Uh, in chapter 17, he stood up to King Ahab and basically said, it's not going to rain until I say so. This is a, a message from God. And there was a drought. And then during this drought, he, he goes to this widow's house and he finds that she is out of food. She's preparing their last meal for her and her son. And they're just their plans are that they're going to have to starve to death after that last meal. Elijah said, nope, if you go make me a meal, then your jar will not go empty until this, this drought is over. And uh, your, your flour and your oil will not run dry. Uh, and, and so she goes and she makes him this meal and her, her, jar, her pots do not run dry. They, they stay full uh, throughout the, the rest of that drought. Then uh, this lady's son, he dies at one point. And Elijah prays over the boy, and the boy comes back to life. So many incredible things are happening in the life of Elijah. You would definitely say he's a bold man. And then he challenges the prophets, the false prophets. There were 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. And uh, these, these guys were all trying everything they could to bring the rain from their gods, and nothing was working. And he challenges them to to build altars and to say that you pray to your gods y'all y'all can go first and whoever's god brings fire down from heaven is the one true god and so they're going on and on and on for hours and they're doing all kinds of crazy things to themselves and them, their bodies and and nothing's happening no fire coming down from their prayers and their gods and at one point Elijah he even begins to taunt them and joke with them, saying, You need to talk louder, pray louder, maybe 
maybe your God's away taking a nap. Maybe he's uh, he's off taking a bathroom break or something. And he just kind of starts joking about it. And finally, it's his turn. They've gone on for forever. And then he is up and he prays. And then, of course, God sends fire down from heaven to burn up these altars. Then we see, after this happens, uh, God sends the rain after after Elijah calls it down from heaven. And, and the, the drought is over. But uh, we, right after that, that slaughter, that crazy event where, uh, where God sent fire down to, to heaven, uh, Elijah, he got a little scared. He, he knew that people were going to come after him. And God, uh, in verse 46 of chapter 18, says, The power of the Lord came upon Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab. King Ahab, all the way to Jezreel. He outruns a chariot. So God like came upon him and gave him this power to outrun a chariot. And, and this, this is a guy you would not associate with doubt. He was a bold man, but he after all this, he gets afraid. You know, I'm glad the Bible tells the whole story. I'm so thankful that when we look at these heroes... We don't only see the highlights, the good things. We see even some of their deepest, darkest struggles. And we're about to look at that here with Elijah. He runs all the way to Jezreel. And then in 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1 through 5. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the, all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life that of one of them. Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I haven't had... I have had enough, Lord. He said, Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and he fell asleep. This is a real moment right here. Right after all those incredible events where he witnesses the mighty power of God, he is afraid for his life and he's laying down under a tree and praying for God to just end his life there. Elijah was afraid. You know, in James chapter 5, it says, Elijah was a man just like us. Maybe you're dealing with a lot of doubt right now. Maybe it's starting to control you. Maybe it's it's crippling you. And, and I want you to know that even the people right here that we can read about in the Word, they experience the same doubt, the same insecurities, the same fears. Man, I, I can be honest. There are days when I have faith like this that I know that faith can move mountains because my faith in God is so strong. And there are days that I'm wrestling with doubt. There are days that that doubt can even turn into that fear or even anxiety. And it can, it can creep into depression if we're not careful. And we have to keep it in check. I'm so thankful that we get to see what, what Elijah went through. In his deepest, darkest moments, he's praying for God to end his life. You know, that doubt can make us so irrational. Let me pick back up in verse 5. We're in chapter 19. 
All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread, baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. That sounds pretty nice. Sometimes when you're when you're struggling and you're feeling uh, exhausted, overwhelmed, maybe a lot of anxiety, sometimes you just need to rest. Maybe a nap and a meal can go a long way. Maybe some good comfort food, some R&R. You know, chicken fried steak can be good for the soul. Uh, sometimes you got to just treat yourself and and take a break, hit the reset button. Let's pick back up in verse, in verse 9. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Hit that reset button. Get alone with God. Get rid of distractions. Have some R&R. Do what you need to take care of your soul. Do not let this doubt consume you and, and rob you of what God has for you. And it may be harder during these times. And I want, I want to say that you may have a lot of frustration right now because of all the unknown. And you may be dealing with uh, anger or hurt. Uh, there are so many people losing jobs and going through hard times. And, and I don't want you to shame yourself because you've struggled with those thoughts. That's okay. But don't stop wrestling. Don't let it creep in and control you. You don't have to beat yourself up because you find yourself there more often right now. Times are harder. A lot of us are starting to feel really, really cramped and missing people. And it can be really, really hard. But don't stop wrestling. Don't let those thoughts control your mind and control what God is wanting to do in you right now. Hit the reset button. Do whatever you need to just have a fresh start. And focus on God's promises again. And let your faith be restored. In verse 9, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And God said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? Sometimes when we think God owes us an answer, and we're asking all the questions, we need to just listen. Because sometimes he's asking, what are you doing here? Why are you thinking this way? I'm trying to speak to you. You're, you're, you're focusing so much on, on the hurt, the pain, that, that you're missing my words. You're missing my voice. In verse 10, he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. It, as if God needs this this briefing, this update, God, God is completely aware of what's going on. And Elijah's trying to justify where he's at and he's complaining and whining to God. And you know what? Sometimes you just have to start somewhere. If that, I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to go complaining to God, but if you have to start somewhere, just start getting it off your chest, start talking to God, but make sure you take some time to listen when he's speaking back and to just just try to find that clarity. If you need to get it off your chest, get it off your chest. But he has something better for you. In verse 11, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. 
First Kings chapter 19, verse 11, 11. Then a great powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? God asked him the same question again. You know, sometimes we want to hear God in such a big, loud, profound way and we want it to just be earth shaking, but sometimes we just need to be quiet, be still, and listen to that still small voice. And even after this happened, in this special moment of the still small voice, here's Elijah. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And then God said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. So finally, after Elijah got the whining off his chest, he heard God's direction. God saying, Now go this way. Sometimes we want answers, and sometimes we, we want them. We feel like we're entitled to know so much more. God, where am I going? Why am I going there? What, what's going to happen when I get there? Sometimes God just says, go that way. Take this next step and trust in me. That's where faith comes in. And when we can be obedient with the small things, our faith begins to grow. And as our faith begins to grow... We begin to hear God's voice in different ways. We have to be still. We have to listen. We have to take time to, to just slow down and hear His voice. You know, one thing I tell my kids all the time is, if you want more privileges, you have to, to earn our trust more. You have to establish uh, that, that you're becoming more responsible and you have to show us that you can go the extra mile when we ask you to do things. And, and whenever we see you becoming more responsible, that's when privileges begin to increase. And that's a lot like how, how God's plan and God's speaking to us and, and our faith come into play. We want God to tell us everything right here and right now. But sometimes He'll give you one step at a time. And when we can trust Him in the small things, He'll begin to trust us with bigger things. Whenever we give our all to even the little things, He will, he will begin to uh, increase our measure. He will begin to speak to us and give us greater vision, greater dreams. And then we find that strength to keep going, to keep fighting, because we're relying on Him. Just don't quit wrestling. Let God build your faith. God, we thank you so much that you are with us, not only in the good times, but in the hard times. You're right there. And if we need to slow down to hear your still small voice, God, would you speak to us? Would you speak to us? And even if you don't, even if we don't hear what we want to hear, we will trust you we will follow your word. We will listen. 
We will hold on to your promises. In Jesus' name, amen.